What's up, Internet? You're tuned in episode 83 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, DJ, the Content King. What's up, Oops. people? Welcome back, buddy. It's good to be back. It's uh, it's funny hearing you say um, friend, not friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, unfortunately, uh, is not with us today, uh, but fortunately, it's for a good reason. He is uh, taking a much-needed vacation um and getting to spend some time with his family which is nice so uh congrats to him dj and i are still you know suffering as wage slaves this week but that means we get to be here and do a podcast for you so it's a mixed bag (laughs) (laughs) but uh so welcome if this is your first time to the podcast this is uh loop pot's weekly nintendo podcast where every week we get together and talk about all things nintendo um if you guys want to get some more content from us remember you can head over to lootpots.com uh check out our twitch channel our youtube channel we make all kinds of content all over the web uh so whatever you like we probably make some of it so we hope you'll go check it out if you want to get involved with the show like all the fine folks in our mail pot segment did remember you can go and join our discord where we have a weekly call for questions for the show uh you can catch our weekly questions thread over on uh, twitter at Loot Pots every Thursday before the show, uh, we record the show that that evening, um, or you can write into me at Pete at LootPots.com. And then uh, if you want to show your support for the show, remember you can head over to Patreon.com slash LootPots, and if you get us at that $1 level, you'll get access to our Patreon-exclusive show, After Dark, uh, where we get to talk about things that aren't Nintendo. Uh, like this week, I think we're probably going to talk a little bit about the fact that my uh, my band made a, a video that low-key went viral this week. So that's <laughs> that's cool. insane. Uh, so yeah, so if, you know, if you want to get a chance to like hear us talk about our lives and, you know, uh, we had a spoiler cast for The Last of Us 2 on there pretty recently, all kinds of good stuff. It's a great way to get a little bit of extra loot pots in your life and help us keep the mics on, uh, and, uh, keep those servers powered. So if, uh, if you want to show your support, that's the best way to do it. We greatly appreciate it. But if not, remember, give us a like, give us a share on your platform of choice. If you've got a Nintendo fan in your life who you think like what we're doing, who you think would want to come become a part of the community and join the ever-growing legion of potsheads, uh, we hope that you'll share the show with them because that is uh, the best way that you can help us uh, without spending a dime. So that's enough shilling for now. Let's uh, hop into what we're playing this week. I So I, I'm going to bury the lead. DJ, you've been playing Paper Mario Origami King. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Obviously, that's the big Nintendo news this week. Uh, so before that, I want to talk a little bit about Ghost of Tsushima, which uh, is the newest PlayStation exclusive that just came out, developed by Sucker Punch, who listeners might know uh, for their work on Sly Cooper and the Infamous franchise. Um, I I picked it up on launch day. I've been playing it for uh, about a week. Yeah, it'll be a week tomorrow. I am deeply in love with this game. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is with this month was... You had two games to play. You had Paper Mario and Ghost of Tsushima. So you had kind of had to take your pick. <laughs> we cover both mm-hmm. bases, but... Um, so what about it are you liking? Is it the world building? I know literally nothing about it. So g- give me the pitch. Uh, so I would say the pitch for me is... I think it is... Um, I saw a lot of the critical discourse around it kind of being like... It's it's a pretty good open world game. And like that's, you know, seems to be the major criticism, uh, which is that it's just an open world game and that it like learns from a lot of other games and does things that they do well, but it doesn't necessarily um, innovate on them enough and doesn't bring enough new things to the table. But for me, I don't care about that because 
I don't think that every game needs to be innovative. Like, the game needs to be fun. The game needs to be good. And this game is absolutely that. Like, if you are someone who's into, uh, like, open-world, third-person action games like I am, um, it's really scratching that itch for me right now because the setting is is unique, right? Like, I, I personally haven't played many games that take place in feudal Japan or that, like, Star Samurai, and, like, obviously there are plenty of them. Um, Sekiro comes to mind as, like, a recent game that obviously really connected with people. But that's, like, more of a Souls-like, you know? And, like, that's a very different kind of game than this is. And for me, you know, the the world building is good. Like, I like the characters fine. All that stuff is is good or... It, it's good at best and serviceable at worst. Um, but for me, what's really setting it apart is the aesthetic. Like, the game has a vibe. And that, to me, is, like, the best thing a game can do. Like, I think it's it's easy to, like ding it and be like oh it didn't it didn't revolutionize open world games in the way like breath of the wild did with climbing or with the glider or anything like that but the game is so stylish and like colorful and the landscapes are beautiful and it's so fun to explore and just like anytime there's a question mark on the map i immediately go and see what it is Mm -hmm. you know like because i just like playing it it's it reminds me of what i liked about spider-man where it's just like it's just fun to play. The combat is I have some issues with it. I don't like that it doesn't have a lock on. So like when you're fighting a lot of people and they like circle around you, it can sometimes be hard to like do what exactly what you want to do and like the camera can get wonky and stuff. But like that's really my only major complaint from a gameplay perspective. Like the other stuff that I wish was different are really like quality of life changes. Like, um, there's a few different armor sets that you have access to, and they all have different buffs that are useful in different situations. So you're actively changing your armor pretty frequently, Mm -hmm. and there's not, like, a hot button for that. So you have to pause the game, go to your gear, pick the thing. So, like, there's, like, little things like that. Yeah, there's little things like that where it's, like, they could have streamlined this. But everything else, like, when you're actually fighting, all, every single gadget, move, whatever that you have at your disposal is super easy to hold R2 or R1 and switch between them with the the face buttons. Mm-hmm. And it feels fluid. Like, there's four different um, stances that you use depending on what kind of enemy you're fighting. Yeah. So, like, there's a sword stance, there's a shield stance, there's a spear stance. And it's so easy to be in a fight with multiple units of different types and seamlessly, like, oh, there's a guy behind me with a shield and he's about to bash me. I'm going to switch to the shield thing and slice him in the side so that he's staggered, turn around, stab this other guy and kill him so that he's done, turn back around, kill that other guy, switch to this other person. And like you have all these, um, there's like your samurai abilities, which are all about the katana and like the different blade styles. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have ghost weapons, which are, which are like ninja stuff, basically like a smoke bomb or like a sticky bomb or, um, sigh that you can like toss real quick as an interrupt. So it's like it, combat feels so fluid, and you don't even really get experience like for fighting individual units. It's for like completing fights overall. But anytime the game optionally has enemies, like I'm immediately like, yeah, no, I want to fight. Like, let's go. Yeah, it sounds um, like the opposite of Paper Mario. <laughs> yeah, in that in that regard for sure, and. uh yeah, and just in general, like, as someone who's not super familiar with, um, with like, media about Samurai, like, I, I, 
I haven't really seen uh, many of the Kurosawa films that were like a major inspiration for this. And, you know, so it's, it's all fresh to me in a lot of ways, you know, and like uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. Like I, it, the story's connecting with me. I really dig a lot of the supporting cast. I'm very interested in, in what happens next. But even if I didn't like the story, I think I'd like the game because I it, it's very much scratching that Breath of the Wild itch for me where it's a world that I want to just get lost in. And, like, there's so these great locales and, like, all the parts of the island are really different. Like, there's this place called the Golden Forest where, like, all the trees have yellow leaves and they're just constantly falling and it looks amazing. Or, like... You know, you'll get to uh, this part near the coast and there's these giant fields of white flowers that you're riding through. And, like, it just – it's so beautiful and it's dripping with style and personality. Like, one of the things that's really cool is whenever a mission starts, mm-hmm. it has um, this intro graphic to every one of them where it will be like uh, like a scroll opens and it has the name of the quest in Japanese. That's what I'm assuming it says. Obviously, I don't read Japanese. And then it'll, like, say the title in English underneath that, and there'll be an image in the background or, like, you know, they're showing, like, a shot of something going on that contextualizes it. Mm-hmm. So it feels like episodes in, like, a TV show, you know, where, like, it's like, oh, like, um, like I, I just did this one the other day uh, or where there's these bandits, and you think that they're stealing artifacts uh, from this town that's been attacked by the Mongols, but they're actually taking all of the historical and religious um, stuff from the temple and hiding it in a graveyard so that if the Mongols attack again, that it doesn't all get burned down yeah. because they've been ravaging these cities. So you show up and like you think that you're going to like fight them and kill them and take the stuff back, and then you find out that they're doing this thing altruistically and that they've also been – like these guys who used to be thieves are finding people on the road who are refugees trying to get somewhere safe and they've been like helping them travel and like they're basically like all trying to turn over a new leaf. So like you go and like the name of the uh, the mission is um, is uh, is like honor like buried deep or something like that, you know, so it's like it, it's so it's just so cool the way that it, it presents yeah, everything. A little cryptic. And I, I, yeah, and, like, it's cool when you have that moment where you're like, oh, that's what the title of right. it is, I get it, you know? It's, 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 uh, I really can't gush about it enough, and I, I worry that I'm not doing a good enough job articulating why I like it, um, but I think it's a really special game, and I think it's, I think it's, like, I don't. I wouldn't say that it's a better game than uh, than The Last of Us Two, but it's definitely the game I've enjoyed playing the most this year. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I think I think um, it's fair to like have games in kind of separate parts of your life. Where like that's the thing with gamers is people always think you need to pick one, right? Like yeah. one best game, one this, one that. When it's like you know what you like, The Last of Us Two for reason X, Y, and Z, and you like Goes to Tsushima for maybe A, B, and C. That doesn't mean you necessarily like one more than the other. One might be, you know, a better game objectively, but that doesn't mean you enjoyed it any more or less than what people consider the better game objectively. Right, yeah. And like, it reminds me of how I felt about uh, Horizon and Breath of the Wild the year mm-hmm. they came out, yeah. where I think Breath of the Wild is objectively a better game, mm-hmm. but I had more fun with Horizon because it was new IP. Right. And I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Because as much as... Breath of the Wild was so surprising in very many ways. At the end of the day, 
it's Zelda, right? So what are you going to do? You're going to go. You're going to do the things. You're going to solve the puzzles. You're going to kill Ganon. Okay, great. That's the story. Whereas, like, Horizon, I was very deeply invested in the narrative and the world and the world building that was going on. And it it just struck a chord with me in a different way. Whereas, like, I think The Last of Us 2 is, like, one of the most, like, affected I've ever been by a game. Where, like, it really, like, it made me feel things in a deep, deep way. And it, it it was like – it's like watching a really, really high-quality drama yeah. and you're like, that was amazing and I loved that and it was gripping. But it's not something that I'd want to watch again or it's not something that I'd want to watch again soon. You know, whereas like with Ghost, it's, it's not on the same level of some games where it's like I'm thinking about it all the time yeah. and like, you know, like I'm obsessive with it. But every time I sit down and play it, my immediate thought is just fuck i love this game mm-hmm. it feels so good and it has that like perfect for me anyway that perfect open world loop of just like it's that everlasting gobstopper of like there's a million things to do and they range from being like big interesting story beats to like oh this is just like a minor like i can go here and find this thing and check this box yeah. you know and like it's, it just feels good. The gameplay loop has been deeply satisfying for me. And I think especially, you know, we talked a little bit about it last week. Um, you know, you and I, I think especially, but Steve as well, have had a, have had a cu- tough couple weeks where it's been, I've been busy and I felt really tired mm-hmm. and kind of strung out. Yeah. And like having Ghost to come to at the end of the day and play for like two, three hours and just get lost in yeah. it has been so therapeutic. You know, and like it's it's like a meditative experience for me, kind of. You know, of like the music is good. It's so it's just like very relaxing, uh, and I I really have a lot of love for this game, and I, I am really excited to keep playing it. Like yeah. I can't wait to like fuck off later and just put in a couple hours. You know, I think you're gonna like attribute this game to kind of how you're feeling now emotionally, whether it's you know, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. You're gonna be like, yeah, this game kind of got me through that. I have a lot of games yeah. like that where it's just like, you know what this game means like a lot to me. Not just because it's fun, but because it got me through whatever, you know. Yeah, it it struck a chord Those with me the at the games. right time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. So, I I love Ghost of Tsushima. I highly recommend it to anyone who likes third-person action games. I think it's it's really something special and I I hope you'll give it a shot. Cool. Um, I'm sure you'll hear me talk about it more for the next couple weeks while I'm chipping away at it. So that's enough PlayStation talk for now. Let's let's get into the main event here. Paper Mario, the Origami King. I've seen some of your takes on Twitter. I, I get the sense that in general you're enjoying the game, but where are you at with it right now? Yeah, so the way I was like trying to articulate it in my head was like, is this a must play? No. Is it a should play eventually? Yes. <laughs> Okay. So that, that's kind cool. of where I'm at with it. Cool. Um, I think that it's one hell of a game. It's fun. Um, but yeah, like you were saying before, you have those games where you're just like obsessive about it. And that's all you're thinking about. That was Xenoblade for me, like last month yeah. or two months ago, whenever I played it. Um, Time is a flat circle. Oh my Who gosh. I, I don't even know. I feel like <laughs> it's like flying. Like, I feel like Animal Crossing just came out. <laughs> is it January? Is it December? I don't <laughs> no remember anymore. Um, like Xenoblade, I was obsessive about, like, it was just something I couldn't stop talking about. Couldn't stop playing this game. It's like when I pick it up, Oh, I love it. The music is incredible. It's hilarious. It's charming. I think Olivia, who's like your main companion is one of the best like 
Nintendo characters ever. I think she's great. Mm. Um, cool. But yeah, like as far as combat, I think the combat's fine. Um, I don't mind the whole circle thing. It's just not really that rewarding. Um, it's also not that necessary, right? Like, isn't it pretty easy to just skip fights? Yeah, you can you can avoid like you know shy guys that are in the overworld or whatever. But like the reason you I guess want to fight them is to get confetti and coins. And coins are overly abundant, especially if you have confetti, which you can also find by like hitting trees with your hammer. So they're they're really not that necessary. But if you're low on one of one or the other, like coins or confetti, you're gonna want to fight them. That's like the only. So reason. let me ask you this. If the if the combat is like whatever, like it's not it's not bad, it's but it's not great, and you don't feel super compelled to do it because the resources are abundant. What's the gameplay loop? Like, what are you doing if you're not fighting? Like, is there any other content, or are you just like running through the story if you're not fighting? Yeah, and I think that's a fair question. You are pretty much just running through the story, and the I guess loop or hype about it is coming from the funny dialogue. Um, there are some, like, I would consider them bosses. Most of the main bosses, you are doing the normal combat, except there is a twist. Like, a very... I've heard the boss twist. battles are pretty fun. Yeah, they're they're very fun, and they take a while. So, like, you're getting your, your time value out of it. Um, but there are some, like, overworld boss battles um, that are actually really fun, I think. And I kind of wish that the main combat was kind of this way, where, you know, you could be on a like a ship for example and you get attacked by um, a giant squid and the squid's tentacles are like smacking you on the ship and you you're actually running around and hitting it with your hammer so like it's kind of like action um style combat which which i prefer um but it comes from exploring the environments you're kind of doing these puzzles too where like oh you need this item to open this door. Like you need a key to open the door. And then when you're in the place where you got the key to, you got to find a lever to power a generator to bring power mm. to the whatever, the building. So it's like uh, it's like kind of like point and click stuff where it's like, right. find the thing, find the next thing. Right. And like That's it cool. comes from hitting it with your hammer. So like you can break walls, you can break glass, you can break boxes. So there there is stuff to do outside of the combat. But to me, the most fun has come from exploring the environments and listening to the music and then the funny as hell dialogue. Like, it's actually funny. So it's really like it's about the story more than anything. Yeah, and and it has moments of like, you know, especially if you understand Mario and the Mario universe. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously, you know? I, I've seen a lot of good, like, there's some, oh, I screen some cap good, like, them. references in it and stuff. Yeah, and, I screen yeah. cap them. I can't wait. Like, I don't want to, like, it's kind of too new. I don't want to, like, spoil anything. But, like, yeah. at some point, I want to, like, put up some of my screenshots and be like, yeah, this is, like, funny. It's just good, funny stuff. Well, I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad you're having fun with it. Um, I, I, I want to get to it. But right now, I, I'm struggling to see where it fits in in my my schedule for the year because like, I really want to get back to persona and finish that at some point. Yeah. And I know I have like 50 more hours in that goddamn game. That should take um, priority for sure. Like me, yeah, I not to mention like, how, so yeah, well, not nothing, but All right. Well, I, I'm excited to hear more about it. We got to, I tried to get somebody on this week who'd played it so that you could have a dialogue about it, but maybe next week we'll see if we can get Chewy or Parker. Or something yeah, that'd be fun. To, uh, talk a little more paper Mario a little banter. Um, 
Or, you know, if any of you listeners are playing it, write in with your, your questions and comments for DJ next week. Yeah. It would be great to get a dialogue going about it. So uh, let's let's hop into the news. There, the big story this week is that Nintendo uh, brought back Directs in kind of a modified format. Um, they announced a new kind of Direct initiative called the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase. Um, so these are intended to be kind of shorter directs that are, um, you know, focused on on their their publishing partners and their their developing partners. Um, so the the games that were shown off, uh, we got three DLC packs coming for Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, there's a season pass that you can pre-purchase now that comes with um, some new costumes for Zelda and Link. If you go and pre-purchase and preload it now. Uh, and all of the DLC packs are coming in October. Uh, the the big the big kind of like addition I think is like there's the there's like a new campaign um, that stars the uh, the Skull Kid, which is cool. Um, so yeah, I, I I forget you liked this game, right? I actually haven't played it. Okay, because I know Steve really liked yeah. it, and I, I I thought I thought another person on the show did, but that might have been Pixel. Um, but I, I really can't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's like some new characters. There's this new melody pack um, that like has remixes of all the songs and mm-hmm. stuff. It's like a lot of – it's a pretty substantial update. Yeah, it's cool. Um, there's thir- 39 songs added, yeah. um, which is tight. So yeah, I, I, I do wish Steve was here to talk about it because I know he loved this game. Yeah. Um, it was one of his favorites of last year. So I'm sure he's excited to uh, to check this out. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to get some kind of – first-hand impressions uh, when it actually drops. Uh, the only other bit was that in October as well, there's going to be a uh, physical edition of the game that's like the ultimate, has all the DLC and everything. And it's funny because I think a couple of weeks ago, we actually talked about a physical version of this game and we were like, ah, it won't happen. And they, if they were going to do it, they would have done it already. Didn't expect DLC. Right. Yeah, that was a complete like out of left field. Honestly, this is like, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of people hype about it. Have you? Like on Twitter? I haven't, but I also think, and we're going to talk about this uh, once we get through the announcements, I guess. Or we could transition to that conversation now. We're like, I think the negativity around the Direct made it so that people didn't care about what the announcements actually were. This was the second best, or technically the third best announcement, I think, was the Cadence of Hyrule. Uh, Yeah, so you're, okay, let's let's get through the rest of the announcements and then we'll talk about the whole thing. So the other piece of information was that uh, Rogue Company is available on Switch now. Um, they had shown this off a while ago. It's you know it's like a third-person multiplayer shooter kind of thing. Um, I I gotta say I wasn't blown away by it, uh, and it's not a game that I feel like necessarily feels super at home on the Switch because obviously Nintendo's online is not great. Um, so I think even if I had been interested in that one, I don't know that I'd play it on Switch. Um, we got more information and some more gameplay of, uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds, which is coming out in September now. We saw this a while back. It's like kind of a return to that more classic arcade cartoony wrestling game that we got back in the nineties and, you know, the Attitude Era and all that stuff. There was like all those games on the N64 mm-hmm. that people really loved. And I think we've kind of wanted a return to form for that for a while. And uh, people don't seem to like this game because it looks 
it looks bad in terms of like the graphics look doofy and whatever. But I I this is way more interesting to me than like the like hardcore like wrestling simulators that we've gotten the last couple of years. Um, so I don't know. I I get people being cold on this one, but I kind of hope it's good. Like I hope it's fun. I I really like like arcadey wrestling games. I used to have a I had someone who's never really been into wrestling. I've always had friends that were. So, like, I got a lot of exposure to those games when I was younger, and they were a good time. Uh, so then, like, the the real big news was uh, twofold in the world of Shin Megami Tensei, which uh, I know just, a, again, just a few weeks ago I had mentioned, and I was like, where is, where is Shin Megami Tensei Five? <laughs> like, where is the news about this game? They announced it alongside Odyssey, like, three, four years ago? Three and three a half years, years ago. ago. And it's like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, we finally got information about it. Shin Megami Tensei Five slated for 2021. We got a new trailer actually showing some of the game. And uh, it's getting a worldwide release, 2021, which is tight. Usually they're staggered by about a year, those the Atlas RPGs. Uh, and they also announced that Shin Megami Tensei Three Nocturne HD Remaster. Gotta love those Japanese titles where they just tag adjectives on the end. Yep. Um, is slated for 2021 as well. That is my one gripe with this news. Uh, this is cool as fuck. I have been interested in Shin Megami Tensei for a while uh, as someone who likes JRPGs, but like has always kind of been outside of that and Persona. I finally got into Persona this year with, with Royal, so um, that kind of reignited my interest in Shin Megami Tensei. And uh, to know that it's like you know now imminent is very exciting to me. Um, I love... The idea of like another good meaty JRPG on the Switch. Yeah. Uh, what do you? You said that you were kind of teasing. This was like the big announcement. Are you interested in this game, or do you just think it's cool? No, I I really have no interest. But you know, you got to look at these things objectively, and yeah, you know, just because there wasn't something for me, like I'm not gonna call the direct bad. You know, like that was huge news huge huge news we yeah. haven't seen this game in three and a half years i thought it, honestly it wouldn't have surprised me if it you know if it got canceled you know it just wouldn't have yeah, surprised me. it could have been i think the only reason i didn't think that is because of how they announced persona 5 like i remember they announced it in like 2013 and it didn't come out until 2017 yeah or whatever, yeah so yeah which is fair but like it, it seriously it wouldn't have surprised me yeah, you're, you're totally right. We're like, they announced this game, and we literally have not heard hide nor hair of it since right. then. Um, and that's the thing. Like, for me, uh, and no offense to anybody in, in the audience, I know some of our listeners were disappointed in the direct, and, um, you know, and, and I, I had some conversations on Twitter about uh, about the fact that I, I was like, ah, that was fine. But... I gotta say, man, like I, I'm really disappointed in the fan reaction, um, and I, I, yeah. I, I, I gotta be honest with you, like I think it really, really just reeks of like gamer entitlement, and especially Nintendo fan entitlement, mm-hmm. where we have this like expectation that we are entitled to a hype as fuck direct like every two, three months, and if we don't get one. We throw temper tantrums, and then when they announce one, we're all happy, and then it comes out, and if it doesn't have something that specifically speaks to you, you bitch and moan about it, and say Nintendo's having a terrible year, and they don't respect their fans, and... I'm breaking my Switch, blah, 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 blah. 
And I just, I don't, I got to say, man, like, I've never had energy to entertain that kind of attitude. But, like, the the older I get, and especially this year, it's like, grow up, guys. Like, there are bigger things going on in the world than that's the thing. a Nintendo Direct. It's like, we understand that, like, there's a global pandemic. And the only, the only thing, which I know we're going to get into this, I think, a little bit later. Um, the only thing that I, like, you know, give them shit for is that they need to do a better job communicating. Like, I, I feel yeah, like we're absolutely. stuck interpreting what like mr takahashi or mr furukawa are saying and we get nothing from like nintendo of america clarifying um and that's the only thing that i really give them shit for and i think that's a really fair criticism right like i totally get and that's the thing i get not liking this direct i get being disappointed by it i get being disappointed by the year that nintendo's having especially if animal crossing doesn't speak to you yeah um fine like no shade i Totally respect that opinion. It's the vitriol right. that I feel like people get when they don't get what they want that just feels really childish to me. You know, it's like, say what you want. This was an eight-minute direct. Mm-hmm. They telegraphed what this was going to be. They announced this at midnight, our time, mm-hmm. EST. They said it was going to be under 10 minutes. Yeah. And they said it was exclusively games that we had seen before. And we still got a game we didn't see. Right. So, like, I, I got to I gotta say, like, I don't know what you were expecting. I don't know who he, who hears all those announcements and goes and, oh, they're going to, yeah. oh, the Mario thing's going to happen. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, you should have, you, sh- you, and this is a huge problem with gamers in general, but I really think it's mostly a Nintendo fan thing where, like, we get, we hype ourselves up. Yep. And I'm all about the hype. I love getting excited for announcements. It's cool. But, like, when you don't get what you built up in your brain, that's not Nintendo's fault. That's not anyone's fault except yours. You need to set your own expectations. And I got to say, like, I feel like they telegraphed what this was. This is a smaller direct. It's not the big, hype, crazy announcements directs that we have come to expect because – I think it's clear that Nintendo doesn't have that much left this year. They don't have that many bullets in the chamber. And probably for a lot of reasons. But the most significant one has got to be what's going on this year. And, like, listen, you don't owe anyone anything, right? Nintendo's a multi-million dollar company. If you want to get mad and rage about them on Twitter, that's your prerogative. But I'm with you where, like, I look at this announcement and for an eight-minute direct, it's fine. It's really not bad. There's the confirmation of a brand new game in a very popular fran- – not a brand new game, but a remaster mm-hmm. of a popular game in uh, a popular franchise that's becoming more accessible for a new audience. Mm-hmm. That's big news. Shin Megami Tensei Five is a game that we had announced three years ago, and we finally saw a trailer for it. That's also big news. Cadence of Hyrule was a really popular indie game last year, and that getting three – DLC packs and a season pass and everything, that's pretty big news for Nintendo, too. Eight minutes. Rogue Company, WWE, whatever. Fine. You don't like those, they're not and for And every you. Direct has those, that. you know, games where you're just like, you know what, okay, whatever. Yeah. But that's what presentations yeah. are, man. Like, they're, it's People not all for, for everybody. Too, you know, I mean, <laughs> you got to get your slot. But look, look like, even, even this year, even in 2020, I, I look back at what released and I'm like, there there is a little bit of something for most people still. 
There's still yeah, a little like, bit of something. It's fair to say it's been a slow year for Nintendo, right. but to say it's been a bad year, I think is just like... Yeah, you had Animal you know, Crossing. Come on, man. You had... Um, and there's games I'm not even remembering. Animal Crossing, Xenoblade, Mario. Um, you have stuff coming in the fall, you know, you know, with this stuff. I mean, it's just... You know, there, there's still a lot. So... And, and, and like... I get it. I get I get wanting more. I get we being upset. I get being disappointed. That's fair. It's just I think I think it's when people take it to that place of being like angry about it. And it's just like come on guys. Like it's it's video games. Like it's we're here to have fun. We're here to have fun and play games and like there are so many good games on the Switch that I guarantee you haven't touched if you need something to play right now. You don't need something new all the time especially in a year where mm-hmm. like so many media companies are struggling to get shit out the door yeah. you know like i think i think we all could extend a little bit of understanding in this scenario that's my take i agree yeah and we all have that one thing that like we want announced right like we all have that mm-hmm. one thing that turns the direct from oh this is mediocre to holy shit this was awesome to and i recognize i wanted shin megami tensei so right. i had a thing that got a pop from me, right right so maybe that's influencing my opinion as well and that's, and that's why shin megami fair, tensei fans are point. happy people who don't like shin megami tensei are like this was shit you gotta kind of be somewhere in the middle and be like damn that that's big news like that's huge yeah. whether you're a fan of the franchise or not i don't know that's that's my take on it I agree with you. I really do. Um, and that that's generally how I look at these events. It's like not everything's for, for me, but like me not being an inch, me not being interested in a game doesn't make it not news. Right. Or doesn't make it not a big this announcement. This had nothing you know? for me. Nothing. And I was like, huh, okay. But you got to say that's big news. I don't know. That's big news. Yep. I, and, I, and I personally feel like they telegraphed ex- the expectations well. And I think us, us, Getting in a frenzy about it is us wanting it to be mm-hmm. more. Because they, they used us, to do that. And us being hungry yeah. for that. We're hungry for a big direct. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I want one too. I, I wish we had gotten the big June E3 direct like we always do. Like, yeah, but we didn't. And that's okay. Like, we'll get it. I promise. Yeah. Go play Fire Emblem. <laughs> yeah. None of you played Fire Emblem. I know play it. Xenoblade. Go play Fire Emblem. And there's going to be more. Of there's going to be <laughs> apparently more of these partner yes. showcases. So you might get what you're looking for next time. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Exactly. You might get the bravely I, default. I don't... You might get the whatever. You know, whatever yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, I, I agree. And Mario's still coming. Don't worry. It has to. All right. So uh, this next one, this was an interesting bit of news. Um, that was making the rounds this week where Nintendo uh, kind of clarified statements that they'd made about the impact of COVID-19 on releases. So uh, I, <clears throat> this is, uh, this is a tough one because your primary source is actually from, uh, you know, Nintendo's um, annual report, which is in Japanese. So obviously we're reading a translation, take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt, but um, this is from uh, GoNintendo.com's coverage of it, where they uh, they did a little translation. So shout out to them. Thank you for the translation. So uh, this is a quote from a few weeks back that uh, Shinya Takahashi, who's the GM of Nintendo EPD, was talking about the impact of the pandemic on uh, dev schedules. And this was kind of the original quote that made the rounds a few weeks ago. 
While product development is a little behind schedule in some areas due to the impact of COVID-19, game releases planned for this fiscal year are currently not affected. However, if the impact of COVID-19 is prolonged or becomes more severe, we may not be able to release future titles in line with existing plans. So then now in the 2020 report, we have kind of a more um, detailed explanation of what, what he was saying there. And again, I think this speaks to what DJ said where uh, I think we're, you know, fans are a little frustrated right now not knowing the reality and this hopefully clarifies things a little bit. So uh, he said, development schedules may be impacted due to the difference in development environment between working from home and in the and in the office, since teleworking is implemented at the company and its partners. As a result, we have not been able to proceed with the release of Nintendo products and the start of services as planned. Nintendo will continue to conduct business operations by taking necessary measures so that it can continue to provide an environment in which consumers can enjoy its products and services while giving due consideration to the health and safety of its consumers and employees. So that definitely, you know, is a more definitive statement that this has actively impacted what we're doing, right? He says... As a result, we may not be able to proceed with the release of Nintendo products and and the start of services as planned. So the start of services I thought was interesting because obviously that doesn't point to software. That points to, you know, some kind of service, which could mean anything really. Assuming that's, you know, kind of how they phrased it. I always get, like, um, interested in translations where it's like, you know, you kind of have to... (laughs) Yeah, you have to read between the lines a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's pretty clear that what's going on has impacted their development schedules and their release schedules. We know it affected Smash. I'm sure that that's not unique. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked uh, here a bit on the show about how Japan's infrastructure for work from home is not necessarily the same as it is here in the West. Yeah. Um, so that's something to consider as well. And Obviously, the the situation in Japan is is a lot different than in, in the U.S. right now, and in in other parts of the West, uh, where you know I think they've been a lot more responsible than at least America, uh, which is not hard to do. Um, Low bar. So I a a return to, to a semblance of normalcy will probably be quicker there than than what we can expect. So I think. As much as there has probably been an impact and there will probably continue to be an impact somewhere into 2021, you got to hope that they're starting to kind of acclimate to the situation and hopefully are starting to make some kind of a return towards normalcy as the situation becomes less severe. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question for you is what do you – like what's your takeaway from this? Do you feel like this is them kind of – word salad PR speaking their way around the fact that like things have been delayed and it's affecting what we're doing or are they kind of trying to soften the blow in case things get worse and get delayed and what have you? Yeah. I I think that's a very good question. Um, I, I think it's a little early to tell because let's say we get, you know, these Mario remasters or whatever in the fall that's probably the big thing they had anyway. I mean, think about it. In March, we got Animal Crossing. In the meantime, we got Xenoblade. We're getting Paper Mario. We're getting potentially Mario in the fall. If that happens, then like to me, that's a pretty solid um, 
set really i mean yeah that that pokemon dlc and, and too. pokemon dlc exactly like totally breezed over that that's nothing to scoff at um but i think that nintendo are great at the word salad they always do this so yeah they you know why not cover your bases just in case i think that they do that a lot um we either don't hear anything or we get the word salad so i i do kind of give them shit for that because, yeah, I, I, as much as it's like, yeah, what's going on in the world is obviously going to impact things. Especially when, for example, like Nintendo of America, they collaborate a lot with Nintendo in Japan. You know, whether it's localization. So the difference here, where things are getting more and more severe in America, compared to over there, we might see, you know, games delayed here, but not there. I mean, who knows? Um so they have to cover a lot of bases, and I just wish that we could get some like clarification from Nintendo of America, and we rarely do. We're always yeah, stuck I, interpreting um, from like uh, Mr. Furukawa or Takashi. In general, I do just wish Nintendo was more transparent, yeah. you know. Um, but that's that's kind of like a a problem with Japanese devs in general, where like they're um, the the relationship between Japanese developers and the media is like a little bit different than it is here. You know, like there, I feel like there's more of a tendency to like play your cards a little closer to your chest. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I think there's so many Nintendo leakers, right? Yeah. It's like, which is fine for hungry, like hungry for information. And, and that's fine for game announcements. But like if, if things are impacted, I wish that we would have a statement, whether it's from Mr. Takahashi um, you know, he says this and then Doug Bowser comes out and, and clarifies and says, yeah, like things, things are impacted. You don't have to say, yeah, this is what this means. Yeah. Like you don't have to say, Hey, Mario remasters aren't coming until next year, you know, just say, Hey, things are like, like tough right now. I think like, for example, Phil Spencer, I think he does a really good job at that. Granted, you know, they're not that big in Japan, but the way that he communicates, I think is, is pretty admirable. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, I really appreciate how uh, Xbox, particularly the last couple of years under under Phil Spencer, has uh, has really kind of shifted towards just really talking directly to the audience. You know, like I, I feel like they do a good job of of setting expectations and you know communicating um, kind of what they're what they're doing and what why they're doing it. Uh, and it would be nice to get a little bit more of that from Nintendo sometimes, but. That is something that uh, you know. I think, like you said, it's it's probably a little too early to to really know what the ramifications of what's going on are. And I think, much like um, the rest of the world, the world of video games will have echoes of you know what's happened now for the next year, or two years. Uh, in a lot of cases, where you know development schedules have been thrown off and you know it's it's something that's kind of just bound to happen Mm -hmm. with uh with everything going on so uh with that we're gonna jump into the mail pot um this first one comes from left eye lazy over on our discord who's one of our patreon supporters and writes in just like you can who said and says do you think metroid prime trilogy's remasters will be pushed another year as to not take away attention from the 35th anniversary mario remasters I don't know, honestly. <laughs> it's and hard to say because we don't technically, you know, who knows if they even still exist. 
I mean, they do. That is the thing. Like we know they exist, <sighs> but they and don't. I'm they, confident that they they might exist, but who knows if they are going to exist in our hands? <laughs> I, I think they will. I hope. Like, so. I, I think we'll definitely get it. You know, there, we've had a lot of confirmation from a number of unrelated insiders that know or know someone who knows whatever that Metroid Prime Prime Trilogy's remaster is done and that it's kind of just waiting. Um, so if we assume that that's correct, mm-hmm. that that's the truth, yeah. I could kind of see it going either way. Um, and I think it speaks to, again, the unprecedented nature of 2020 because there's a good chance the Mario stuff isn't done and won't get done and gets delayed. And then they're like, well, Prime's ready. Let's put that out, right? Mm-hmm. That that could happen. That makes too much sense. But I don't I don't feel confident enough to speculate on it is the thing because like we've been joking, but like the last couple of weeks it's like Nintendo's just doing things that I couldn't have predicted. You know, like the treehouse thing days before mm-hmm. Paper Mario came out and the Bakugan thing and and then this direct and like they're making weird moves because it's a weird year and their resources seem to be spread pretty thin. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind I find it really hard to speculate right now. Yeah. And I can tell you what I think might happen, but I don't feel like confident about it in the way that I normally do because normally I know Nintendo pretty well. I feel like I can read the tea leaves and guess what they might do. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in like things that are predictable, right? Not random left field shit like Labo and Ring Fit or whatever. That's always whatever it is. But with this, it's like, if the Mario remasters come out this year, I don't think Metroid Prime will come out this year, and I think next year is maybe a safe bet. If Mario doesn't make it out the gate, maybe we see it. Yeah, I always thought it was going to be, like, before all this went down, first learning that, like, the Metroid Prime trilogy, you know, Switch existed, um, thought it would be, like, exactly what Shin Megami Tensei did, where it's like, you yes, get it in the agreed. same year as Prime 4, it's like get hype. Or maybe not even the same year, but like in the same announcement, like or that, the same announcement was yeah, yeah. What I was thinking, like, oh, here's the first trailer for Metroid Prime Four, mm-hmm. and trilogy's out, yeah, or or trilogy's coming mm-hmm. out, right? Yeah, I yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so I you know I I'm trying to remain optimistic, but until I hear this is how I try and operate now. Until I hear, yeah, Metroid Prime trilogy exists. Or Mario, the Mario remasters exist. I'm like, they don't exist to me. <laughs> they don't exist to me until they tell me they exist. I mean, that's not the wrong way to be, man. Because then you're not, you're never disappointed. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo are just, <laughs> they, they're so good at that. Like, you know, this direct, we get that out of left field, that Animal Crossing announcement. Remember that shit? That was crazy. I was screaming. That was crazy. I was screaming. Or like the Mario Maker 2 announcement. I was screaming. They're so good at that. But, you know, times are tough, so... Yeah. Uh, this next one comes from Left Eye Lazy as well and says, with the success of Animal Crossing, does Nintendo really need another big release this year to compete with the upcoming PS5 and Series X? No. no they mm-hmm. don't. They really don't. This year, if Animal Crossing was the only thing they put out this year, it would have been a great year for yep. them. Financially. Yeah. Like full, 20, talked about this. full 2020 year. Yeah. Even though that was technically last fiscal year, right? Technically. That's true. Yeah. But like full 2020, yeah, they don't, they don't have to do anything. I mean, and the games continued to sell, right? Yeah, they sell into the next like, year. I mean, we still they were yeah. still hitting hitting um, milestones into April and May. Like most most of its sales, I would think were this year, not 
Because obviously yeah. there's like the big surge in March, but that was like the end, the tail end of the fiscal year was when it came right. out. Right. So yeah, it was like the end of March it, it came out. It might even be, have been on the line and it might be for 2021. Who knows? Yeah. But um, it also drove a lot of Switch sales, mm-hmm. which is what's important. Uh, and this that's the thing, right, that like I think we talked about this last week. There's a huge difference between perception and reality of success, right? Like I think um, game, like video game enthusiasts like us who are people who listen to podcasts and watch YouTubers and are in discords to talk about games and tweet about games and are really in it, mm-hmm. we have kind of our own little bubble of what we think games are like and what they should be and what the world, the opinion of them is and all that stuff. And it's pretty far removed from reality in a lot of ways because there are dozens and dozens of people that play – I'd say dozens, hundreds and thousands of people who play video games that don't do those things, that don't listen to a Nintendo podcast every week, that don't – they have a Switch and they buy games when they buy games. Yeah, I mean re- remember and, when we would go to the store and we had no way of knowing games would come out? We would just go to the video game section you just go. and see what's on the shelf? More people yep. exist right. like that. And, and I think there are a lot of people who are a step removed, right? They have a friend like us who are right. like, oh, what about – should I play Ghost? Yeah, Ghost is great. Okay, I'll go buy Ghost and play it for the next six months mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So the reality is that optically Nintendo might be having a soft year or a weak year um, in your opinion, and I think that's fair to say, mm-hmm. um, particularly compared to the last couple years, like – from the Switch launch, you know, they've had hype year after hype year. And I think last year, people were a little bit like, oh, this is kind of a slow year. And it's been slower than that this year. So, fair play, especially if you don't like Animal Crossing. I totally get feeling that way. But financially, Nintendo's doing great. Yeah. Love and to see it. <laughs> would it be great if they had a killer app to compete with, uh, with PS5 and Series X in the fall? Yeah. I think it's a but, good idea. But they don't they don't need it yeah. because the reality is that people are going to buy the Switch anyway. Like it's going to have a Black Friday sale, they'll have sales on the Switch Lite, they'll move a ton of units, and anybody who doesn't already have a Switch can come in and play an insanely good library of exclusive games that they missed out on. Mm-hmm. And anyone who owns a Switch, you already bought two or three games this year, didn't you? So, <laughs> that's really all they need you to do. Yeah, that's that's it, man. And like, I know nobody wants to hear that, but it's the truth. Yeah. And I think that we're like, I don't think we mentioned this yet. They're starting to do. And I think this is what Takahashi meant when um, he was saying, like, they're trying to create an environment of ways that um, people and consumers can enjoy their stuff. We're seeing Pokin. Pokin's uh, getting like a free demo. Um, yep. Didn't they brought back Splat? Yeah, they brought back exactly. I was just gonna say they. I think they did that with Splatoon two or Arms or both. Yeah, they did a free thing with Arms again just recently. Yeah. So I mean, this this is like what we're talking about, right? Is like they're they're making their stuff accessible, whether it's having a killer app in the fall or not. So yeah, they're they're trying to leverage their existing library, and like I think they recognize that there are a lot of people who just bought a Switch. And have never played ARMS or Splatoon mm. or any of these games that they can try to sell them. Yeah. Because uh, that's something that you know uh, we talked about when Ram put out his uh, article about Animal Crossing sales. That Nintendo games continue to sell, mm-hmm. usually. 
Uh, so that's why they don't discount them that much. Yeah, they don't need to. <laughs> that's the thing. Like that's the thing, and I I get being pissed off about that, but for them, where the the bottom line is, it's about making money. It's about selling switches. They're making money. They're selling switches, man. If anything, I think there's an argument to be made that it would be a dumb idea to put out a big game to compete because I know I'm excited about getting a PlayStation 5. I'm really excited about playing Miles Morales in December. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited to play those new games. By the time 2021 rolls around, you know, in that sweet spot where Nintendo puts out one of their big games now in February, March, whatever, like the new consoles... Well, that's no. The, I think the thing, I think the thing is that like for me right now, they might not have a game for me to buy this fall. But if they have a big game for me to buy in March, I'm gonna buy it then. And I already bought Animal Crossing, and I bought the Pokemon DLC, and I might pick up Paper Mario. You know, like they can still they they've made the money they needed to make. You're for like me a sponge; they're just squeezing it out of you. <laughs> and I, yeah, and you know what it's like, and I'm like I've said, like you know, look at the last few months of content that we've made. I've barely touched my Switch since Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, this is the least I've engaged with my Switch since it came out. I can acknowledge that. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't mean it's a, a bad year for Nintendo financially, and that's all they got to do is weather the storm until things get back to normal or until they have another hype game to release. And they will weather it, and I'm sure it's not going to be too far off that we're going to see something. I don't think so. I think there's a non-zero chance we get a big, the big Mario game or another big game in the fall, and then early next year. Like who, like who's to say that Breath of the Wild two doesn't come out in March of 2021? 2021 could you be know? fucking huge. We could get Metroid Prime four. We could get Bayonetta three. We can get Breath of the Wild. I mean, come on. Shin Megami Tensei five. Yeah, like, I mean, we, you know, we gotta. This is this is the hype. It ebbs and flows. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. It ebbs and flows. Yeah. Like it's the same way where like for years people were like. Oh man, I can't believe Sony doesn't have a big game this holiday season. I can't believe Sony doesn't have a big exclusive coming out this fall. They didn't fucking need to. They were going to sell you a PlayStation 4 with Call of Duty or whatever the hell else you were going to buy anyway. And then they had that string of years where it was like Horizon, God of War, Spider-Man, Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima. It's like we just we've like mm-hmm. they've blown so many of the big Nintendo bullets already, you know? We got Zelda, Mario, Fire Emblem, Pokemon, Animal Crossing, like, what else do you want? We gotta just wait. <laughs> we gotta wait for the next thing. Yep. And it sucks, but it's coming. That's the game, it's man. It's coming. That's the game. It's coming. Uh, this next one comes from Trendy Brendy, who asks, "What 3DS games do you want to come to Switch?" I bring this up because Shin Megami Tensei will have three and five on Switch, but none of the games on 3DS. I'd like to see the entire Professor Layton series. But given how few, if any, 3DS ports have been made, I think I can only maybe expect the DS games. That's an interesting question. So, it is an interesting question. I I think the reason that you don't see a lot of DS and 3DS ports is because the soft the software doesn't translate well, right? Like those consoles are made with t- the two screen system in mm-hmm. mind, and I think translating a lot of those can be difficult, right? We saw that with uh, the World Ends with U port, which did not go over super well. Um, I think that's the primary issue is that it's just tough. The reason why we saw a lot of, maybe not a lot of, but a good amount of Wii U games come to the 3DS is because you had that two screen. 
So that was like home console to 3DS. You might think, hey, 3DS to home console might not be impossible. Um, but yeah, like I agree. I think going the other way around would be tough on the Switch. And with the uh, the Wii U games that have come to Switch, let's be real, like the, not <laughs> that the many game, Wii U games game really made good use of the game. You just pad, don't need you it. You know, like, yeah, like there are a few examples, but for the most part, it was like just a chunky controller, really. So it's... It's been easy to get a lot of those games over. So in terms of 3DS games that you'd want to see, are there any that stand out Oh, to I you? want to cheat so bad at this. You ready for my cheat? Yeah. I want Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, and I want Poochie and Yoshi's Bully World on the Nintendo Switch. Of course you do. That's what I want. Of course you do. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. I don't know, man. I got to say, like, there really aren't any games that I'm itching for. Like, I, I, I liked my 3DS, and I, I had a good amount of enjoyment out of it but i'm not itching to get back to any of those games like i think that all the switch versions of franchises that have had legacy on 3ds like they've come out and been really good oh. and i'm really just interested in moving forward at this point i was know? just gonna say what would you what would you want right bravely default you're getting bravely two sure luigi's mansion dark moon you're getting uh you got three you got three pokemon you got pokemon mario 3d land you had mario odyssey we might even see 3D World Deluxe, so you're not left with a lot. 3D, 3D Land would be good though. That game rules. Oh, that game kicks ass. I love that game. I love that game. 3D World. Yeah, I would. I would. That's one I would like to get. Actually, that could come over. <laughs> and if they wanted to do like a Fire Emblem oh, kind of collection or something, yeah. like Awakening, like now that there's new people who got in on Three Houses, like maybe try to get us to check out some of the older ones. I could. I could fuck with that. That's a good answer. Uh, all right, this one comes from Kai of All Snacks, a.k.a. Zade, who says, do you think Atlas is trying to expand to other consoles with the announcement that Shin Megami Tensei Five will be a Switch exclusive? We've seen Persona 5 Scramble come out for the Switch in Japan. Do we expect more Atlas games coming to Switch besides what's already been announced, such as Persona 6? So, um, I don't think so, because this isn't really new. Uh, if... if and I'm, I'm not an Atlas expert, so Neither correct me if I. I'm wrong, listeners, but um, I have a one of my best friends is an Atlas expert, so I'm going to try to borrow some of his knowledge here. Uh, there have been Persona games on Switch. Like, Persona Scramble, obviously, is the thing, but they one of the last games that came out on the 3DS was a Persona game. I don't remember what it was called, but uh, would you actually look that up real quick for me, Yeah. Peach? What was it? It was... Persona 3DS? There, there was a Persona game on 3DS? It was one of the last 3DS games, yeah. Um, and I remember it being like, oh. why the hell is this coming out on the 3DS? Oh, uh, Q, Q2? Q! Q2, yeah, that I was the one. I think there's Q and Q2, right? Yeah, and both of them are 3DS yeah. games. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's like... I think it's just Persona proper has been a PlayStation exclusive historically, and that's where they want to keep it. Um, obviously they brought Persona 4 Golden to PC recently and, and that went over pretty well, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that Shin Megami Tensei 5 being a Switch exclusive means anything more than the fact that it's a Switch exclusive in the same way that I think, uh, you know, I think Persona is a PlayStation exclusive and that's what they and, want And Shin Megami Tensei has history with Nintendo, long history. So, yeah, you know, that, that plays a part in it too, I'm sure. Agreed. 
Uh, I'm going to use that as a jumping off point to jump into a question from Asobi who wrote in to me at Pete at Lupots.com, just like you can and says, Hey there, Pete, Steve, DJ, and Chloe here are my questions <laughs> for this week's mail pot. I'm going to be skipping around a little bit here, Asobi, because I, I want to answer your number two first. With Persona 4 Golden being ported to PC and doing exceptionally well, do you think Atlas will finally port Persona 5 to the Switch? Do you even want it to happen still? I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I think if it was going to happen... I think they missed the boat. I mean, it could... It, anything could happen, but I don't I don't think so at this point. And do I want it to? No. Mm. Like, I got into Royal, um, so there's no way I would start the game over right. again on Switch ever. That's what period. I'm thinking is, like, the folks who would want to play it probably already have and probably wouldn't like be thrilled to jump back into another hundred hour. I don't know though. Persona fans are fucking Look, crazy. Like please every per- tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, that's Anecd- a big anecdotally, anecdotally, every friend I have that likes persona five has played it t- two or three times because they're How do you have time. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get right. it either. Fair enough. Uh, so let's let's we'll go we'll get into the rest of Asobi's mm-hmm. questions here. So uh, now that Microsoft has revealed their first party lineup for the nearest future, what do you think was missing from the presentation? What Microsoft IP would you like to see come back? So I haven't watched the presentation yet, but I know the big announcements. Um, a lot of the big ones are out there now, right? Like Fable, we know is back on the board. Mm-hmm. We got a new Halo coming this year. Uh, for me, it it's tough, but I it's mo it's mostly rare stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say banjo like, I would conquer. New banjo would be cool. New conquer would be cool. I don't know that there's a place for a new conquer game in 2020, but I could get down with it. I think a banjo revival could definitely pop off. Um, but for me personally, it's Viva Pinata. Of if they announced a Viva Pinata three, I would lose my shit. I would pre-order an Xbox Series X day one. I tweeted at Phil Spencer and I told him that. I was like, you release a new Viva Pinata, I'll buy two Xboxes. I don't give a fuck. And that see, that's funny because that would not be something that I would do. But you cannot underestimate what one game can do to a person. It can make you yeah. buy so much hardware, so much software. People just don't understand. Uh so this this last one is a weird one. Um Asobi says, what do you think about this? And links to this article about a Animal Crossing player who lost... Uh, it's in Japan. Oh, I heard this. I heard this. A Taiwanese uh, Nintendo fan named Mr. Zhang misplaced his Switch at, a, at a, a local ATM. He left it behind. Somebody found it and brought it to the police. And they couldn't figure out who owned it. But they figured out about the in-game mailing and Animal Crossing, and they sent a, a message to one of his friends and was like, can you help us get in contact with him and tell him we have his Switch? <laughs> and he got his Switch back, so that's pretty cool. Uh, in terms of like what I think about it, it's like I don't really have much to say. It's a cute human interest story, though. I think it's really funny that like you know, some Taiwanese police officer was like, oh, you can send mail in the game? Message all their friends. Somebody's got to know I who could, owns the I could Switch. see the guy... Like getting pissed and being like, "This is this would be me." I would be joking, of course, but I'd be like, "You spent two hundred fucking bells to send a <laughs> message." <laughs> I mean, the alternative was losing your island forever. Nope. So. Mm, the bells, man. It's, Not it's worth all it. about the bells, all or nothing. All about, all about the bells, <laughs> man. The bells are in Benjamin's. I don't. Know, there's something there, but I can't get it. Well, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> 
this next one um, comes from Navalis, who's one of our Patreon supporters, and says, what is the best snack to eat while playing video games? This can be tricky because you don't want something sticky or something that leaves residue on your That's hands. True. Just want to hear your takes. That's true. I think we've I think we've mentioned this before. I'm not much of a snacker while I game. Like I'll usually like I'll have a drink. Yeah. You know, I'm, I love my Diet Cokes. I'm always rocking a Diet Coke. Um but when it comes to like food, usually I like unless I'm uh playing a multiplayer game mm-hmm. like with friends and I'm like sitting playing for a really long time, uh then I'll I'll have something like Grapes are a good one because like they're they don't leave any kind of residue and they're easy to like pop have one at a time. Um, nuts are similarly good. Like salted peanuts mm-hmm. are great because they're a nice salty snack. They're hearty. They give you energy, but they don't they don't make your hands greasy like chips. Right. That's usually what I gravitate towards if I'm gonna snack. But for the most part, like I will usually like take a break if I want to eat and just eat something and like. Be like, all right, cool. I'm gonna take 15, and you know, like I'll watch a YouTube video or throw on an episode of a TV show or whatever, mm-hmm. and eat, take a, have, take a tight five, and then get back to it. You know, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I, I'm like, um, I, I need to be doing something while I'm playing a game. Like I have to be, whether it's having a drink or whatever. I usually grab. This might be unpopular, right? But like, I don't eat buttered popcorn. Like I just I have I have an air popper and I just pop it and then I'll like Is he dry popcorn. But, I mean I salt it like I spray a little okay. little bit of oil so the like the uh, salt will like stick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll I'll just throw that back. Um, you know, and bro, I love popcorn. See, I love it. It's just it's just so much. Like it's messy. It's a messy snack it really too. Is. All right, and this last one comes from that doc guy, another one of our Patreon supporters. He says, "Do you think the Switch will ever have a popular, a proper, excuse me, virtual console? <laughs> the Wii U's virtual console was super robust, having games from the NES to the GameCube and the Game Boy Advance to the Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. The Switch really lends itself to a DS layout, and I'm willing to bet you it could definitely pull off some Wii games." Uh, speaking of the Wii, the Wii's virtual console was even better than the Wii. And U's. the way they announced they- it at that E3, damn. Awada was up there, yeah. and it was just like a picture of all these consoles, and it just they all yeah. got sucked into the Wii, and it was like, yeah, this is fucking lit. No, I don't yeah. think the Switch the will console. have that. No, I don't either, and I'm super bummed out about it. They're like, too invested I... in this, like, you know, and think about it, they they have to add this online functionality for all these games because they promised they it. Don't though, no, they don't, the but thing, but they like... said it, and then if they release one that they don't. They're gonna be like, what the fuck? Where's the online functionality? But that's the thing, right? Is ah, I hate it because I, I want I want to just have my cake and eat it too. I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive. I think you could have a virtual console where you can get the games piecemeal as they were, no changes, same way the virtual console always worked. And then you could still have the Nintendo Switch online. I agree. And put the online stuff in that. That's they will fine. never like, do, do it. Put, no, you're right. They'll never do it. And it sucks. Yeah. I also don't I don't know that it's totally that because I also think that when you think about when virtual console was a thing, video game collection re-releases were less popular. Yeah. And they were a smaller part of the market. And now it's like, why would Capcom license Mega Man to Nintendo for the virtual console and get a cut when they can put out the Mega Man Legacy Collection part one and two? Mm-hmm. or whatever or x and all these other things and get 100 percent of the money you know or 100 percent of the profit they would get from selling a yeah. box game right 
um, it just doesn't make business. Or like the Mana collection, mm-hmm. right? Like the, a bunch of the Mana games were on the Virtual Console. Like all of these things, I think, are being replaced by people wanting to like control that themselves and take a bigger cut of the profit. Yeah, but like, look at um how successful. Like, I w- I would love to see this. Um, they like it was like a Pokemon Direct a few years ago when they announced that what was it like blue. Red, yellow, crystal, yeah. gold. Can you imagine like having all of those on a virtual console on the Switch? That would kick I, ass. Yeah, I can. I want it so fucking like, that bad. That makes sense. Dude. Like I totally, I I agree with what you're saying. Where you have, you know, the Secret of Manas or games like that, where we won't see them. But like the Pokemon's, where it's like they they were on a Nintendo platform. They're always going to be exclusive to a Nintendo platform. Games like that. Why not? I mean, it's just mind-boggling. But I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to like predict what Nintendo's thinking. Um, yeah, but I, I I think it's I agree with you. I think it's pretty safe to say that it's not going to happen. Like if it was going to happen, why would you wait three years into the console's life cycle? Yeah. Like I just I, I unfortunately think that the virtual console was something that was too good to be true. And I think it was it ahead got, of its it time. With it. <laughs> really, I mean, I, yeah, but I think that's the only reason it worked. Yeah, is because it was ahead of its time, yeah. and like. Nobody gave a shit about playing old legacy games back then, and now it's like a market where it's like we need to preserve these games. We need to have collections. They need to be on every every yeah. generation. Like that's just what it is now. Like I feel like every year they're gonna. It's the same thing Nintendo's been doing for generations. Of like, would you like to buy Super Mario World again? Yes, I sure would. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> it's a bummer, but it is what it is. Yep. Maybe next gen. So maybe next gen. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who wrote in for our MailPot segment this week. Uh, and I just want to say thank you again these last couple of weeks. There, It's been slow news for Nintendo in 2020, we, as we've talked about ad nauseum today. Uh, and getting getting your questions in every week has really made it so much easier to do the show. Thank you. We appreciate you. We appreciate those of you, uh, especially who are supporting us over on Patreon.com, like a few of you uh, did who wrote in. Again, head over to patreon.com slash loopots. Get us at that $1 level. You can get access to uh, After Dark, which is a great time. We love doing it. Uh, head over to you know loopots.com. Catch all the other content that we do all across the web. And uh, you know what I am going to plug again is if you missed it, I want you to go back a couple episodes in this very RSS feed, wherever you get this podcast. And go listen to the game club that we did on Coffee Talk. DJ did oh, yeah. a great job hosting it. We have another one coming up very soon. Uh, about Xenoblade Chronicles, one of his favorite games of the year, along with uh, our own Max Wright and John from, um, excuse me, John Cartwright from Game Explain. Uh, I haven't gotten to listen to it yet, but I'm sure it's a great episode. I can't wait to hear it, along with the rest of you. Um, so yeah, go check that stuff out. It's been good. We've been we've put out some good stuff this year, uh, despite the many challenges that have uh, we've been facing. So um, I hope you'll go check it out. I hope you'll show your support. I hope you'll write in for the ne- next week's show. Again, Discord, uh, peteatloopots.com. You know how to do this stuff at this point. Uh, All right, so that wraps it up. We'll catch you next week for another episode of the podcast. Take care, stay safe, stay sane.